For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Fan. Vikings post-game coverage continues now with Vikings Overtime on FM 100.3 KFAN, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130 and the Fan Radio Network. Vikings Overtime is presented by Transportation Plus. Now with more post-game comments about the Vikings game, here's the fans Eric Nordquist, A.J. Monsoor, and Paul Lambert. The Minnesota Vikings win 38-20 to over the Eagles. And what a day our quarterback had, who two weeks ago, a lot of us were talking about uh, uh, tanking and trying to find a quarterback in the draft, and I'm sure it was me of leading that. But <laughs> but as, but no, but as uh, Corey and them said on fan line, two weeks ago it was the end of this team. It was, yeah. we got to fire Spielman, we got to get rid of Mike, Kirk Cousins should be benched for Kyle Sloter, who's not even on the team, that whole stuff. But he comes out and absolutely torches that Philly secondary for four touchdowns on 333 yards, and the one interception was not his fault. It literally hit Diggsy in the face, but a dominating performance, even though Philly made it close at one point. This Vikings team, for the first time in a, in a long time, A.J. Montezur, put the pedal down and didn't stop. Yeah, uh, start to finish, you know, they <clears throat> even at the end of the game, they were on the doorstep of scoring again, uh, just running the ball, running the clock out. But it was... Uh... It was a good day. Uh, they got out early, which uh, we've seen this team do relatively often this year. I guess obviously it's either we get out early or the other team gets way out early, and uh, the Vikings can't find their way to get out of the hole in the two losses that they have. Uh, but when they do that, they're able to pin their ears back. They're able to rush the quarterback. They got a couple sacks in the second half. Carson Wentz finally got to him. And, uh, you know, I think the injuries caught up to the Eagles a little bit, but the Vikings, even without the injuries or with the injuries, I do think the Vikings were the better team, and they were putting up big numbers. Yeah, big numbers indeed, and Carson Wentz now, or not Carson Wentz, excuse me, our guy. I love Carson Wentz, and it was a tough day for him, 300 yards, a couple of TDs in the pick, but back to our guy, uh, this is a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks in a row now, where you've you've had an opportunity, go beat a bad team on the road. You do that. Come home now and defend your home turf. Uh, the team has put up a, a few lopsided victories on on their home turf so far in 2019 and today was another rendition of that and just the the quality of play that Kirk is offering up as bad as it got at Soldier Field and as tough a you know a fan line or just a vibe into the following week it was never going to remain that bad and it is you can nitpick your way through it the the bad defense in general last week the bad secondary that the Vikings faced uh the key to this for me though is that Kirk did what he was supposed to do he absolutely torched the Roswell Douglas and Craig James and all of those that were defending our wide receivers, and Stefan Diggs, certainly a benefactor. Now, that secondary is awful, but this is from the players' notes from the Vikings PR. Kirk Cousins finished the game 22 of 29 for 333 yards, four touchdowns and one pick, and a 138.4 pass rating. 
becoming the first quarterback in franchise history to have two consecutive games with 300 passing yards and a passer rating of 138.4 or higher. I'm shocked that uh, some of those old quarterbacks that would just huck the ball. Yeah. Never had that. Yeah. You know, I mean, sprinkling interceptions. You take that interception out. I just did the calculation. His passer rating today would have been 152.73. Yeah. Mm. Not quite perfect, but very close to perfect. I mean, 158.3 is your perfect score. Uh, the interception, which we all would agree, was not Kirk Cousins' fault. Uh, you take that away, and, and he's almost perfect today. Pretty good accuracy on that, as a matter of fact, as he hit Stefan Diggs square in the helmet. <laughs> so you can't, you, you can't say that uh, there was anything off target about that one. Uh, and Anderson Dejo had the interception. He pegged his guy, and congrats well, yeah. and, then, and then they march down the field and do the whole bit, and then showboat down 14. They, that's what they do. I, I hate the Eagles. Yeah. I hate them. Uh, Mitch in Iowa, what's happening? Hey, how's it going? Good player. How are you? Good. Hey, we drove all the way up from Iowa to meet you guys on the plaza today, and you guys weren't there. Yeah, I don't go to the plaza. None of us do. Sorry, man. That's all right. All I have to say is, I don't know what that was. Did he just scream Barrero? Oh, yeah. They drove up all the way to Iowa to see us. Then they waited. He let guy waited literally waited for Barrero. fifty minutes to scream. Bah! Can you blame him? No, I don't blame him. Now, Everybody's did he reach out? Up. Did he reach out via social media or something? Maybe just to confirm. No, you know, before leaving Iowa City. No, I didn't hear. I hope he at least got to stay for the game and didn't just drive up yeah. just to see you on the plaza. Yeah, that would and have been a disappointment. Yeah, I, yeah, and it's a disappointment <laughs> once you meet me because I'm rather crabby. Hopefully, he stopped at Diamond Joe's on the way up so that he could uh, cash in on Vikings covering today in a big way with that 18 point win. Nick and Chaska, welcome to Vikings Overtime. Hey, thanks for having me on. Hey. Um, so I know we've been talking about some of our next two games with Detroit and Washington. I was looking at four of our games after that stretch: uh, Kansas City, Seattle. Dallas, and what was the other one? Uh, Los Angeles Chargers. So some of those teams going into the season looked like they would be unbeatable almost, but we've seen Kansas City and the Chargers and Dallas kind of fall. Um, I was wondering, do you think we'll get 0-4 against those four, or do you think we can split that, or against those four teams, how do you think we'll do? Uh, Thanks for the call. I think, and you guys obviously can disagree, that's how we do this show. If the team we saw today, that team can beat anyone. Absolutely. And that team, we've seen uh, Kansas City's lost two straight at home. Dallas is getting run roughshod over by the New York Jets. What were they down, AJ? 21-3 at one point? Yeah, it was ugly. 21 nothing. They've kind of clawed their way back, but they are, I mean, it's into the fourth quarter, and they're down 21-9 to to a Sam Darnold team. And I saw a stat earlier that the New York Jets, before today, have run seven plays in the red zone. Seven. That's how bad they are. Now, granted, they're 0-4, but Dallas is beatable even at home, and Kansas City is beatable. They got beat by a a decent Indianapolis team, and they they got beat today by, uh, you know, maybe a dark horse Super Bowl team in Houston. They're very good. Houston's sweet. I've looked at it, I mean... I, I had us winning at Lambeau or at Soldier Field, so I the, the the grittiness of this division, and we'll get to see it tomorrow night when the Packers and the Lions play, uh, you absolutely have to figure out a way, whether it's at Arrowhead, then you go at Dallas, 
at Seahawks in primetime after the bye. That's Vikings always lose there, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then at the Chargers. I think I think if you if you have big spot expectations in twenty nineteen, you absolutely have to at least split those games. And the, and then, and that's putting into play again, even if you are, let's say, seven and one or eight and oh at home. Uh the road schedule is difficult. We know that. But it is it is unique to see a lot of Weird results through six weeks of the NFL season, where the where the Chiefs not only you mentioned the two games that they've lost, they lost both those games at home. Yeah, and the Cowboys stubbing their toe in big ways against some of these teams Oof. that you would perceive to be inferior. So, Chargers have dropped down a little bit. They've been without some of their defensive guys. They may have Derwin James by the time we see him. What a stud! Melvin Gordon could be up to speed. Yeah, but but Should the, be up to speed. but the key to this, if the Vikings are going to get early leads at home every single week. I mean, the toughest home game the Vikings have left, I believe, would be Week 17 against the Chicago Bears. We yeah. saw today, both of you, a motivated football team. Now, they, they're motivated all the time, but you and I, the three of us last year, after stuffing our face full of media food, watched <laughs> them unmotivated against an awful Bills team. This team, I don't know what it is about this football team, but after that really bad loss in Chicago and then the bad loss in um, Green Bay, I mean, they've won two straight. This just looks like a different football team. Something happened to this football team, and maybe they, not that they needed, but there had to have been a little part of them where that kind of riff with Diggsy, as weird as this is, may have brought them closer. Ben mentioned on the, on the show during the, or on the, during the game, that Diggsy was hugging Cousins, and they hooked up for 167 yards for three touchdowns, and he missed him for a fourth touchdown on a bomb pass. That he that would have been yeah. a four, maybe 200-yard receiving game for Diggsy. So they, this team, man, the offensive line played well with a couple of you know uh, pieces. Uh, Riley goes out, and then Dozier had to start, but they get they go out and they. You know, they go up what, 24-3, and then they come back 20 to, 24 to 20. Then they roll off, you know, 14 more points, and they just put this bad Philly team away. Yeah, you know, it's a, it, the, the, the way that this game played out is the way that it will likely have to play out for the Vikings the rest of the way. Just, they are such a better team when they score first. If they are able to, to score first, and and maybe even put a two scores, whether it's a, a field goal and a touchdown or whatever. You gotta have a ten point lead. This team can do some different things, and that is where they thrive with the personnel that they have, specifically on defense. And when you have the ball, the ability on offense to run through a defense to make them, you know, potentially have to play up closer to the line, have those corners and the defensive backs really pay attention to Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Then you have the ability to burn them over the top. This they can do it, but I I, I still think that they're the kind of team that. That they have the pieces to fight from behind, but they just don't have the mentality to fight from behind. So if they can kind of let this game plan and the way that this rolled out and some of their wins so far this season have played out, that's going to maybe be the key going forward. I, th- I think the the biggest key for me is again celebrating the great things that Kirk has done over the last couple of weeks, but while it is still acknowledging that he is an imperfect quarterback. Yeah. And the the thing that that we're getting into is is it's a game flow thing, and these games, as exciting as they have been today, no different. In their four victories, they have started with lopsided advantages for the Vikings early, and that hasn't put Kirk in positions like today. Even when it was twenty four twenty, you got you, you sustained a drive. I think in some ways by running the ball. Which uh, which helped take the pressure off of Kirk. You go up thirty one twenty and you and you walk away with another score later. But my point is, is 
you know, he hasn't had to win a game coming from behind, if that makes sense. And the opportunity that he had to do it at Lambeau, he was not successful. First and goal on the eight. And so this is the type of game flow, certainly, like any team. If you get a 24 lead, 24 to 3 lead in front of your home fans, you're going to win most of those games. And the Vikings are certainly consistent with that trend. But, uh, but it is going to get tougher and rattling off some of those road games we were talking about earlier. Uh, the Packers, we'll see how that game goes tomorrow night. But this division, it's, we're not running away from anybody here. No. So, I mean, in the long, in the long play, if we can score first every single time and stake a two touchdown lead, and get a couple of plays defensively, we'll probably win out. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but uh, but for now, let's just celebrate the good things that Kirk's doing yeah. and uh, and hope that this trend continues and hope that the team has the answers from a play-calling and scheme standpoint when they got to come from behind, make big plays on the road, be in the clutch, and do those things moving forward. Fred in Illinois, you're on Vikings Overtime. Yeah, it's Saluki country, man. Okay. Yeah, I was on hold so long, I I found out I have a new area code. Oh, lucky. What is it? Wah, wah, wah. 618. Okay. What do you got, Southern brother? Illinois. Do you think we're going to attack the Motor City Kitty with more run or more pass? Seriously. Uh, thanks for the call. Um, I would go, I think they're going to, I don't know, I haven't, I don't, I've never watched Detroit play yet this year. I don't think they've been on primetime, but I think they're going to attack him with the run. Hopefully, every, you know, Zimmer said after the game they didn't really have a take uh, or he didn't have any comment on Riley, what was wrong with Riley Reef, And then, of course, we don't know if will Klein play next Sunday, but I think they'll attack him with the run. They, they, that, they're they a run-first team. I think they went out of their way today to get um, to get Diggsy involved early, and they just knew that that secondary was absolutely atrocious, Nordo. Well, Detroit's bottom half of the league in rushing yards allowed defensively. Now, they've only played four games. So, and I'm not going to go box score to box score and figure out how that whole thing worked out. Uh, they got the W at Philly, by the way, so we know it's going to be difficult. Uh, I think this is a run first team. That's not going to change. I don't care how many tantrums Stefan Diggs has. Um, the game played out in a way today where, despite the, uh, this 63 yards a game, this vaunted Eagles defense, um, the play action was working. Uh, despite this wide nine defense on the line that I'm not entirely confident that I completely understand, just the DN sit out a little bit wider. We were still able to get the bootlegs. And if they were going to cover Diggs one-on-one all day like they did early on, then you take advantage of that with the deep ball. Well, fast forward into next week, completely different team, completely different scheme and everything. Um, I ultimately think if you're going to win games uh, on a grand scheme, long term basis, Dalvin Cook's got to be the feature, and I, I don't see how that would change. Yeah, and um, excuse me the 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 passing game with Dalvin Cook is is simply an extension of that run game. Those those the screen that they run is basically a pitch to the outside. They have the lineman in front of them. Uh, they get the opportunity to to get a little open field, make one guy miss, and get a big chunk of yards. So. You guys said it. This is a run first team. That's where they're going to start. That's where they're going to finish. And if, if there's opportunities that present themselves, hopefully they can take advantage of them, but they're going to run. Yeah. And they're, and they're going to run until they can't run anymore. But we saw today that they aren't a one dimensional team. And we knew that going in with the wide receivers they have, but this is a two wide receiver team. 
This is a team that has they they're going to kill you with their two dominant wide receivers. They don't. I mean, their slot guy is just a body out there. They never really he's never really a primary target with Kirk. He's just out there to be out there. But man, these tight ends got to get more involved. Uh, it's just weird <laughs> yeah. how they aren't involved. Right? Well, they have like sixty-five total yards. Well, yeah, or something like Ky- that. Kyle had. Let me see here in my trusty notes that I, I think wrote. It was five down. or six catches. Yeah, Kyle had three for thirty-six, and Irv had. Uh, Two for 29. Yeah, so five catches, 65 yards. And that, I think, might be the most productive day they've had. Isn't that yeah. odd, though? I, I don't know. I, I think at this stage, though, since we've now played six games, maybe that doesn't matter. I mean, the, the benefit, you know, on that 35- or 40-yard run, however long that Alexander Madison uh, went to uh, put the Vikings over 100 total yards rushing, yeah. uh, the... The playmaker on that play was Kyle Rudolph. That may have been the best play he had all day, and it was as a guy that was ten yards downfield, just mashing on one of the safeties. I think yeah. so. The, you know, the the blocking end of it from Irv and Kyle, uh, we we can't have it all. I guess is what I'm getting at. If we're going to get explosive days like we did from Diggs, it was Thielen in New York, uh, second or third overall yards from scrimmage coming into the weekend is Dalvin Cook. Uh, somebody's going to sacrifice in that regard. And thus far, it's been the tight ends. Yeah, Corey in Seattle, welcome to Vikings Overtime. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, quick question for you. On today's interception, not to be a naysayer, point blame at all, but the speed of the trajectory to Kirk Cousins' pass to Diggs on a 10-yard play, did he overthrow it too hard? Uh, I think we're nitpicking there. I mean... No. It's a ten yard pass. It it can only be. It's not a five yard pass where you turn around and it's there. When you can't um, lob it in. Yeah, if you lob no. it, somebody picks it off. It went yeah. through Diggs's hands, off his helmet, bounced back into play. I mean, it was just a fluke. He was looking weird at situation. Else. He he had a couple of those today where he he dropped a pass because he was maybe looking at the defender or looking to make a move. Was that on uh, the next possession? Maybe he had two drops in a yeah, row. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On was, the near side of the field. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah it's okay. I mean, he was a little tired from. Yeah, he's scoring those two throwing four runs. Yeah. yeah, I mean he played he played lights out and he played lights out le- the last week. I mean, maybe getting him ticked off, but then you and I, the three of us, discovered that after the game they didn't tell him about what Zach Brown said about him. Which, what an idiot! Somebody tweeted that you should maybe not say that when your secondary is as banged up as it is. Yeah. I mean, he torched them. I believe Kirk. Obviously, I don't think he's a guy that makes stuff up or lies. But I, man, it's it, it. That game today seemed like he knew what Zach Brown said about him. Absolutely, it felt that way. Yeah. So, and and you're right. I, I don't look at Kirk as a guy that's trying to play games from a media standpoint. Uh, he he definitely would be a guy that would shy away from trying to tell people that he specifically played grittier today <laughs> because of that. Uh, but regardless, you know Zach Brown who. I mean, he's not, he's not the greatest outside linebacker you're ever going to meet in your entire life. Uh, he's good in stopping the run. He's a hard-nosed kid, whatever. And he basically said, I think, what everyone else has said about Kirk Cousins as a quarterback during his tenure starting. So it wasn't even as if he had brought up some right. new bit. Something we didn't ha- hadn't heard I mean, before. Right? Two weeks ago, we could have just picked anybody in town talking about the Vikings, and they would have said the same yeah, thing after yeah. what happened. I'm sure I said that. Oh, most likely. So, I, you know, whatever. I, I just, the bulletin board material for me thing's a little bit weird. I, I want Kirk to play good uh, every week and be consistent as a professional, not predicated on, 
Sometimes when I have a little edge to me, I'm more like the you like that guy. That's that's ridiculous. Go out and make the right throws, connect on the deep balls, and make all the plays that you're supposed to make every single week. So the Zach Brown thing, though, he looks like an idiot now, surely. For sure. Joe in California, welcome to Vikings Overtime. Hey, guys, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Good, big big team win today, feeling good about it. Uh, uh, two comments on the same play, try to keep it efficient. Uh, the Ola B.C. Johnson third down, I think it was in the third quarter. I can't even sum up how big that third down conversion was. Um, so just props to him for being in the right place at the right time. He's kind of turned into that Jarius Wright go-to third down guy that Kirk can count on, and that's going to be huge in the long run. And then second part of that is, he maybe doesn't catch that pass upon further review. And I think any great quarterback in the league gets their butt to the line and snaps the ball before the coach can even think about throwing the red flag. And it's just, I feel like we dodged a bullet. And uh, I feel like that's part of the thing that uh, kind of maddens me sometimes with Zimmer and with uh, Kirk. It doesn't seem like there's that self-awareness that uh, some of the great quarterbacks have. Uh, two things, Joe. Thanks for the call. One, how about we go back even further to the first quarter on the first drive when he zings that ball right to Thielen and Thielen makes a great catch. Yeah. And then you don't think he cares, you don't think he's aware. When they're up by 14, or up by whatever it was, whatever they were up, 10, and but right before Delvin scores and they got like a mis, a miscommunication, he's screaming at the sideline. The guy's well aware and he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But if you give them, it's also... The poker face. If you run up to the line of scrimmage, then they're going, oh, wait, what happened? Because it's not on their sideline. I know they're not going to show a replay. Right. You run up to the line of scrimmage, they're going to go, hey, hey, what are they, what, what, you know, what happened? Get back to me quick. And then maybe they review it. I think it's a great play. Yeah, and the guy cool. threw four touchdowns. I get it. There are a lot of people here that don't like the guy or think that the guy's not worth it. He's, he cut through a professional football team today for four touchdowns. Two weeks ago, half the city didn't want him on the team. He's dominated in two games. The one, the one okay. thing I like. Whoever. Now you, you go first, AJ. And then I'll. I'll uh, I was just gonna say that here's where that becomes a frustrating thing is we're we're right across the river, right across the border from a quarterback that maybe does that better than anybody in NFL history. Getting to the line early, quick. If there's yeah. ever a question, question play. Aaron Rodgers, I'm talking about obviously. Yeah. Uh, getting to the line if there's a questionable play, so the other team can't review it. Um, going deep on a, a uh, an offsides or a neutral zone infraction on the other team. He, he's the best I've ever seen at doing that. Both of those things, and I think that we just are so quick to compare because we're uh, probably a little jealous. And, and that's not a bad thing to say. Everybody should be jealous of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers for having Aaron Rodgers because. He's one of the best quarterbacks of all time, but we get to see him do that all the time. And if there's a quarterback on our side that doesn't do it, who also is a timid personality, not a timid personality, but maybe a calm personality and a nice guy on and off the field, then we just kind of have this taste in our mouth like he doesn't have that cutthroat attitude. That doesn't necessarily mean that. He just doesn't wear it on his sleeve like Aaron Rodgers does. Yeah, and so what? What the thing for me is let's stop comparing him to anybody at this stage. Right. Let's, let's just be done with all of that. Um, Kirk throws game-losing interceptions. Uh, Kirk, at one point after the Bears game, had like 20, 21 turnovers in his 20 games with the Vikings. He turns the ball over. Um, he doesn't have an extensive playoff record to go off of. Uh, he is, uh, by his own words, at this particular point in his career, he has been mostly a 500 quarterback. So we know that. 
So we can either continue to try and nitpick every performance that he has and try and dagger him every single week. He's our guy. This is our quarterback. And today he was immaculate on the field, and he delivered it in every which way. Uh, the B.C. Johnson thing, to be honest, looking at the replay myself, I thought that the ball did not move at all once it hit the ground. He completely secured it. I mean, they could have challenged it. Maybe it was reversed. Sure. I wasn't, I wasn't actually sold on the idea yeah. that it was incomplete in the first place. So, you know, there, there, there are a handful of quarterbacks in this league that are so intuitive and instinctual that every single thing they do in some ways were in awe. Uh, Kirk is not one of those guys, but he can be very, very good when the play calling, the scheming, you know, the the defense is backing him up and putting him in good short field positions and all of those things. And he can feast. And when the when the conditions are right, he will. And he did today. So enough with the nitpicking and all those things. Yeah. Kirk ha- is on a two game streak of playing like a badass. Yeah, and he gets let's, another game next week to play inside. Let's hope it's uh let's hope it's a three P. Yeah, let's hope it next is as well. At Ford Field. Steve in Colorado, welcome to Vikings Overtime. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, one quick question. This is more of a generalized what I've seen now in the NFL with uh like Antonio Brown and up until the game I'd seen some stories about uh Stefan Diggs and now you go go back to Jalen Ramsey is with these players being disgruntled and kind of asking for trades. Um, do you think something like Jalen Ramsey, is he actually injured or is that potentially, are we going to see more and more of that? I.e., Stefan Diggs all of a sudden feigning an injury. I'll hang up and listen to your response. Thank you. Well, I don't know anything about those sniffles, yeah. AJ. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> the, the tough cough that Diggs, uh, they find know, him for those sniffles. How, how gutty was it for yeah. him to, uh, work his way through that cold? And, uh, I believe he had to write a $200,000 check, Oof. uh, for whatever that illness was, uh, a couple well, of an expensive flu. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. This is the first time now that I can remember where you're starting to see, at least from a frequency perspective, how often it's happening. You know, players demanding a trade and it feels like, you know, there is kind of this this wave of players wanting to take their own power, their players wanting to control their own destiny more, and if they're not happy where they are, you know, years and years ago, there were less options for players to get out of what they perceived to be a volatile situation, and mm-hmm. nowadays you can just throw a fit and potentially get cut, or, you know, a team will expedite some sort of a transaction. So it's clear that Jalen Ramsey does not have the flu, and maybe he's going to the chiropractor and he's getting looked at. Doubtful from my standpoint, I'm not in Jacksonville, sure. that Jalen Ramsey is dealing with something that he can't play with. So, But I, but it, clearly this is now a new thing, that uh, if players don't want to be where they are, they will, uh, they will make it known and they will try to get moved as quickly as possible. You know, there's a fine line between the players sticking up for themselves, looking out for what's best for them personally, uh, getting a better scenario, whatever, and and fans getting disgruntled and bitter because of the way that they do it. And I think that everyone's kind of afraid of of the NFL and the players doing this kind of turning into the NBA. I think that's the fear where where now you have these players that are making super teams because they're they're working it on their own and they're working some loopholes in the contract situation and enforcing their hands against the owners. Um, at the end of the day, though, these are are players that don't have guaranteed contracts. That's different than from the NBA. They are, you know, whether they're you know a, a guy holding out on a rookie contract looking for more money or a guy who's just unhappy with his time wherever he is. 
this is they this is one of the hands that they can play and they will likely we've seen what's the guy in uh, in uh, Washington the lineman who's who's sat Trent out Williams. Trent Williams he's yeah. writing checks every week because he's so unhappy i mean that's that's no joke up there he's writing he's missing out on a lot of money because of uh, what his what he's doing but he thinks it's worth it so it's it's kind of all they can do to stick up for themselves and uh, just i think people are just afraid of what it could turn into because we're seeing it more and more often well and i think you have to view uh, each one independently so you know it is certainly a lot of thing a lot of these instances now or more of these instances are occurring but each one of them i think you have to analyze on its own so yep. from a digs perspective to be honest with you we don't even know if there is a thing anymore if that makes sense yeah but he made it worse i mean that, that was kind of his you know his uh, there's truth to all rumors you, you know, know self inflicted wounds sure. just you yep. know being vague and weird in front of the media uh, but with Jalen Ramsey, he made a choice. Now, you know, judging each and every situation independently, you know, what was the interaction with Doug Marone, the head coach on the sideline? From a team standpoint, one of your players is MFing the head coach on the sideline in the middle of the game. That's the player that needs to yeah. step up and, and figure his own stuff out. And the, you know, from an Antonio Brown standpoint, that's a saga that deserves its own reality show <laughs> in some respects. So I think each one needs to be valued or, uh, analyzed independently, uh, but certainly given whatever the CBA is and, and just the situation with some of these guys and, you know, whether it's contractual or personality or standpoint, clearly, uh, as more of a star focus is put on the individual over the team, more of these instances will happen. Well said. <laughs> I'm proud of all of you. Uh, we'll come back. We have two segments. There was one. We'll come back. We'll go to the defensive side of the ball and then we'll go around the league. A former first-round pick, a top-five pick quarterback was benched today. We'll tell you who that was, and we'll do all kinds of stuff around the league, and plus we'll get to how great the linebackers and a few of these defensive ends are playing. It's Vikings. Uh, overtime, the Vikings won. They dominated 38-20. to We'll come back. We'll talk all about that right here on The Fan. 1960 was the year Minnesota sports scene went major league. The Minnesota Gophers football team was the biggest game in town by far. The Minnesota Vikings and the Minnesota Twins. I think it was important to be telling people that this is your team. Minneapolis and St. Paul became big league. Join us for a trip back to sports in 1960 with Becoming Big League on Minnesota Experience. Monday, October 14th at 9 p.m. on TPT. Twin Cities. To the phones. It's Vikings Overtime on KFAN, Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130, and the Fan Radio Network. First and 10 Vikings from their own 38. Cousins from under center. Straight drop. It's another deep shot. Diggs, center of the field. Caught it on the run. 2015 10. First and 10 from their own 49. Cousins boots out to the left. He wants more. Deep digs inside the five. Touchdown! Stephon Diggs! Kirk Cousins is annihilating the Eagles. It's a 51-yard touchdown. And it's 23-3 Minnesota. Formation play action. Kirk straight drop. Pats it. Fires. Caught Diggs. Back in the end zone. Touchdown trifecta. Three touchdowns for Stephon Diggs. That 
goes in 11 yard connection and Minnesota leads 30 20. Welcome back to Vikings Overtime, your Minnesota Vikings win. They've won two in a row. They... Did your dad shave his head and then become the kicker for My the Atlanta Lord. Falcons? Is that guy 110? Matt Bryant. Misses so the e- uh, the Eagles. aged about five The Falcons yards, come five all the way back. They were down huge. And then Matt Bryant misses the extra point to tie the game 34-34. Now, they just showed Matt Schaub, who... Uh, if you were watching the game earlier, they mentioned that they've had multiple punters who have been hurt this season who would normally be the holders for the extra point and field goals. It was Schaub. And for some reason, yeah, he's, Schaub is holding today for the first time this season. And for one reason or another, they just showed him on TV. So maybe it was a bad hold on that extra point that actually was the weak link well, that caused the miss. I'll get Matt Schaub next week in the uh, Fantasy Charge <laughs> Challenge when you guys get Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. It won't matter. Uh, let's go around the league, and then we'll get back to the Vikings. Does that sound good for you guys? Yeah. Sounds great. New York Jets up 24-16. to They just kicked the field goal to go, go up 24-16. to Dallas has the ball, and they are uh, will get one last shot to try and beat the 0-4 Jets who got Sam Darnold back. Now, uh, Nordo, I'm not the brightest bulb on the, on the tree. Did Is this Darnold's first game of the season? Yeah, I believe it is. He had he didn't play and then get mono? No, no. Because they played Monday night, and it was, I, was it Luke Falk? How, did you see the stat yesterday? Luke Falk is the first guy to like start in an NFL game and then get basically waived the following week. So I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was Trevor Simeon. That, that sounds played, oh yeah yeah and, and he got and he broke his ankle broke his ankle yeah, against the right. Browns Rosie and then it was Luke Falk uh, who gets who gets mono by the way I mean don't you get that from smooching I I mean for his sake I hope it was because of smooching shocked I don't have it Panthers thirty seven Buccaneers twenty six Jameis Winston throws five interceptions and fumbles the ball. And he still threw for 400 yards, and a touchdown that game was in London. Of course, uh, run CMC dominates. He's got a touchdown on the ground and then one through the air. And Chris Goodwin, 151 yards receiving. Yeah, Godwin's pretty good. Very, yeah. And I think that's at the expense of Mike Evans, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, for sure. From a fantasy yeah. perspective. Yeah. Who had, what, zero last week? Yeah, negative. Yeah, how about this stat? I love this thing, this stat that I saw when I was wandering around uh, U.S. Bank Stadium waiting for you guys. There's a 105-year-old kicker, Matt Bryant. He looks like that old face app where you put that over a picture. That's what he looks like. <laughs> a bit. Is he crying? See that? It's a sad day. You missed an extra point to cause oh, a game. Man, he's made a ton of money, and he looks great. He looks better than I do. He has better hair than I do, and he doesn't have any. Seahawks 32-28 to over the Cleveland Browns, who now fall fall excuse me to 2-4. and four. Here's the stats I love. The Seahawks, so far this season, 3-0 and on the road. Okay, Since October 2016, every October since 2016, the Cleveland Browns are 1-15. Wow. 1-15. They've been a pretty bad team God, for they're hideous, a though. pretty long time. Man, every, I, I, every, well, I made a bet with Corey, but... They, at one point, when we were in Vegas, wasn't it over Memorial Day, Nordo? They were ahead of the Vikings, yeah. Super Bowl-wise. Oh, for sure. They were the hottest 
preseason team maybe of all time. Just ridiculous. Ridiculous. They're kind of like the 49ers were last year. Yeah, they're two and four now, but Garoppolo got hurt. That's a little different, yeah. Baker's just bad. Yeah. He, he he throws too many interceptions. He threw three today. Yeah, and he actually and left he the field today. with an injury yeah. and had to come back. Yeah. So I don't know what the status is there. Three of their four losses are at home as yeah. well. So, you know, for me, I, I don't necessarily, I don't have any skin in the game as it pertains to the Browns. It, the, the idea that they could simply in some ways play real-world fantasy football and just suddenly win 12 <laughs> games, win the AFC North, and dance their way into the postseason... That did kind of annoy me a bit. So it's not like I care one way or another that they're two and four. I'm not mad at it though. I mean, Baker needs to grow. Uh, can't wait for the volcanic eruption that'll take place with Odell Beckham Jr. If yeah. the stats start to slide right. in his production and participation, yep. uh, the defense the defense has issues despite all those sweet names. And so I mean, they got issues. And well, I mean. Head coach Freddie Kitchen certainly has a ton of experience dealing with all these personalities and nuances to the <laughs> right. game as the head coach. So good luck to Freddie. Texans 31, Chiefs 24. The Chiefs drop two in a row at home. Deshaun Watson runs into throws for one. Carlos Hyde, 116 yards and a touchdown. Man, Deshaun Watson is an MVP candidate. He's awesome. He's yeah. so good. And he's a lot of people. I mean, remember when. Uh, Who's the who's the head coach at Clemson, Nordo? Uh, Dabo, Dabo Swinney. When Dabo had to come out and basically defend him, and they were wasn't he no. another one of those guys that they thought would need a position change in the NFL, and he wasn't good enough to play quarterback, and he led Clemson to like wouldn't they have like one or two losses his whole career? Well, the the bit you know, and it I don't, I don't know how to how to articulate it properly. I don't even um, know how to articulate. People have jumped on this like they've been enamored with Deshaun over the last few weeks because of the uh, the interactions he's had with reporters, where he'll he'll basically to the media explain how he eyeballs yeah, coverages great. and I things like that. And so part of that has kind of manifested itself is is first of all getting to know how smart he is. But one of the issues when he was coming out of Clemson that people perceived him to have. So they, thought, they basically said he was stupid. Yeah. That he was going to get to the NFL, and he couldn't see those things. And this is his basically F you to yeah. And he was going to bleep it up. Yeah. He's a badass. He is a badass. And he's been sacked. And good for the feels Texans. like a thousand freaking times. He was sacked like 60 times. Yeah, and their offensive year. line's horrible. And they have Laramie Tunsil, right? Uh, they do now, yeah, post-trade. Yeah. And they have the best, I think he's the best wide receiver in the game, yeah, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love Deshaun Watson, and he should be getting just as much, oh my God, how good is this guy, right. that kind of stuff, as Mahomes does, I think. Yeah. He's awesome. Washington 17, the Dolphins 16. Uh, the Dolphins scored with a couple seconds to <laughs> Six go. Six seconds left. Six seconds left, and they went for two. With, and uh, course, with uh, Fitzpatrick, by yeah, the way. Fitzpatrick, because Rosen got benched. Rosen is the worst quarterback to ever play in the NFL. M. Rosen? He's awful. He's hideous at He's football. He's not very good. But the, Washington finally gets off the schneid, and they have one win. They are 1-5. Case Keenum threw for two touchdowns. How about this, man? Teddy Bridgewater's Saints are 5-1. and one. Now, granted, they won 13-6, to six, and they don't... I mean, last week he threw for, what, four touchdowns? But I saw a stat that who's the... Who's the... Uh, uh, What's-its-face quarterback in Carolina? Kyle Allen. Him and Kyle Allen, since taking over, are... Eight and oh, is that crazy? Eight and oh, good for them and good for Teddy. 
Those are uh, Nor- those are Norv Turner's kids. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Allen, they're w- they're working with the yeah. Turners down there in Carolina, and Teddy, of course, used to be here with the uh, with the Turners. And uh, Teddy, he's a winner. Yeah. So How about this stat? My favorite stat of the week: Ravens twenty three, Bengals seventeen. The Bengals are now zero and six. Lamar Jackson threw for two hundred and thirty six yards. He ran for one hundred and fifty two and a touchdown. Yeah, My lord. He's basically just, all right, you guys want to play football? Yeah, well, all right, I'll be all-time quarterback. Goodbye. Yeah. It's like a kid running in the backyard, man. He's so good at and quarterback. And he hasn't run much this season. I, no. I have him on a fantasy team, and he had like 30 points with 200 yards and one total touchdown, it said. It's like, how in the world is that the case? And then you log in, and you see 152 yards rushing. Right. That'll do it real quick. Uh, you talk about quarterbacks that should be in the conversation with Patrick Mahomes. This is one that gets that attention yeah. that may not quite be there yet, but uh, what he can do with his feet and what he has been doing so far this season with his arm has been very impressive. Well, and the thing with the thing, it's interesting you bring that up. Mahomes clearly, you know, barring a complete meltdown, they've lost two games in a row now. And Deshaun, of course, as good as he's playing for Texas, they get the win at Arrowhead. It's very non-prototypical quarterback ways that this that this guy Lamar Jackson's winning. He's as valuable to that team's offense as anybody, yeah. given the oh, college yeah. type stats that he's putting up. So, uh, very much impressive. Yeah, unbelievably sweet. How about this too? The Rams, who were in the Super Bowl last year, who everyone remembers they lost, are down twenty to seven to the soon to be five and zero Forty ers The Rams are about to be three and three. Yeah, they. You know, it's. They it's McVeigh and we're all we're all in you know just absolutely in shock and awe at his greatness and perfection, but uh, I don't know if Goff. I mean that offense has some broke to it, and uh, and and they're having trouble scoring points, which that's their bread and butter. And then when you have Marcus Peters on one side and an Akib Talib that looks almost as old as Matt Bryant these days with the way that he plays, uh, they have issues. So I'm not surprised. I mean the uh, the team. Couldn't score points when it mattered in the Super Bowl, and uh, they started off 2019 the same way. Cardinals win 34-33. Matt Ryan, four touchdowns, 356 yards. How about this, too? This is the tease I had earlier, and I forgot to pay it off. Titans down 16 nothing to the Broncos, who are 1-4 and and 0-2 and at home. The Broncos are awful. They're an awful football team. Who's the quarterback... Uh, Nordo for the Tennessee Titans. Well, now it's Ryan Tannehill. Who was it? Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota has been benched in Tennessee. Which, by the way, if you had, if you put money on it, I thought Jameis between the two of them. How did he not get benched? It was, it was Jameis and Mariota, one two out of college, and I'm thinking yeah. to myself, given what I watched from Jameis at Florida State, you know, I I think he's a winner. I think he's he's kind of got that gusto, and and he'll. He'll go out there and make plays when it matters. Ultimately, he's been a giant, mountain-sized liability for the Bucs. He's horrible. And that's why they don't win. Yeah. Uh, Mariota's at least brought the team to like two or three playoff appearances. How is he the one that gets benched before Jameis? It's preposterous. To yeah, it's really weird. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that's all the scores as this uh, Cowboys game is coming down to the wire. Cowboys have a third and one on the, uh, what is it? They have They're it about on- the eight. Yeah, but the eight the eight yard line, man. Oh, this is gonna get real. This is gonna, I almost picked it off. This will be a good game. Uh, let's go back to the Vikings quickly as we watch the end of this and talk you all the way up to uh Chargers and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, another team that 
has disappointed a lot. They are absolutely horrific. The one thing about the Vikings, man, is this defense is playing lights out. Kendricks maybe had the best game he's had of the season. Everson's on a different level. Daniil Hunter quietly is just dominating with sacks and all that stuff. This defense, Nordo, is dynamite. There was, and and I can't remember exactly what the scenario was, but I I love it when Zimmer dials up unique plays in weird or odd situations and they work out. Like there was a Kendricks and McKenzie Alexander blitz yep. that paid off in a sack. Third down sack. There was a couple other scenarios where he had Everson on the inside rushing, and I forget who it was on the outside, but just the. And this again, I mean. You know, talking about game flow and what we expect long term out of Kirk, it's it's this team is only going to go as far as this defense is going to go. And really, ever since that twenty one spot uh, against the Packers at Lambeau, this this defense has been so incredible. And there were coverage issues today with linebackers or linebackers on running backs. We saw Miles Sanders get loose yeah, a couple of times. Pete said multiple times, somebody somebody cover him, but. You know, from getting to the quarterback, from affecting the plays, you know, they created a couple turnovers today, which we really like. The defense is is doing exactly what we need it to and what is asked of it, what is expected of it. And it's an absolute pleasure to watch Eric Kendricks, you know, and I think it's, you know, I love the way Eric Kendricks is playing, but, and, and he gets the tackles and so he gets some of the notoriety. You know, I think you have to give a ton of credit to this defensive line, in particular Shamar Stefan and Linval Joseph, who are holding double teams, and they are freeing up the linebackers so that Kendricks and Barr are running around with their hair on fire right now and just dominating games. So I, I give it to the D-line first and foremost. Here we go. Dallas scored, made it 24-22. They're going for two. Let's see what happens here. Nordo, this is going to get greasy. <laughs> Prescott from the gun. Ooh, got the blitz. Throw. No flags. No flags. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Wow. How, who what, took him down? What happened? That's the fastest blitz I've ever seen. Yeah, untouched. Who right was up the that? Middle was seat. that their uh, their big uh, offseason signing, That the linebacker? Was that Mosley? I don't think it was Mosley. Let's see. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. That was oh, Jamal, Jamal Adams. Adams. God, what a stud he is. Have you seen those videos, man, after games where he's standing out? Well, that's a... That's pass interference. Well, how how that's on a, earth though? That's as as AJ knows. That's a basketball flop. So this so this Cowboys. <laughs> what is the guy doing? This Cowboys offensive line, we could all agree, oh, is God. awesome. Greg right? Williams sucks. No, Greg Williams nice tan. That's why, like the Jets winning, Chester kind of X. stinks because yeah. Greg Williams winning is an L for, hey, Dolly for Vikings fans everywhere. <laughs> but you see Jamal Adams, he's coming. So why? There's no there's there's nobody in the backfield to protect. Yeah, where was so, Zeke? So Dak knows that he's got to get that out quickly. Yeah. So he's either got to change the play or find a better way to get rid of that thing. I'm uh, gonna put that on Dak real quick just to extend the note on the Vikings defense. Um, there was a stat that the PR team put out after the first quarter that 10 of 21 quarters this season they had held opponents scoreless. You extrapolate that to the end of the game. 11 of 24 quarters this season the Vikings have held their opponents scoreless. Uh, another stat that they had before the game. Oh, man, they almost got that onside they kick. They might have got it. Did they? I don't think they did. I think the guy bobbled it twice, Damn the Jets it. guy, off his hands off his chest, 
and I think that uh, they did recover, but the New York sideline looks a little nervous. Um, going into this game, the Vikings had only allowed 5.8 points per game in the second half to opponents this season. Uh, they allowed 10 to the Eagles this year, but the way that they've been doing it, the way that they've been clamping down, even in those games that they were down 21 nothing against the Green Bay Packers, they clamped down, and really in that second half, they figure some things out, they settle down a little bit, and they have the ability then to um, you know, keep that opponent uh, at bay in the second half. That is what pushed them to victory today, and it's in the fourth quarter when they really clamped down. The offense got some more points. They were able to do it. So that defense has been playing lights out, yeah. keeping teams scoreless, and keeping the second half scoring to a minimum. I mean, minus that weird Chicago game, and then of course the one quarter in Green Bay, this defense and this team has played really good football. Well, the I mean... The one thing that was, fr- and they've offered some frustrating moments. And the, like that 14 play opening drive at the beginning of the Bears game, you know, you get it, you get the turnover, but then it's reversed on penalty. It was Anthony Harris, I think he was holding or something like that, extends the drive. They ultimately get into the end zone. Things like that, frustrating, making plays at the right time. But the stats play out over the long term that this team is averaging, what, 16.5 points maybe that they're giving up per game. And that means that this offense just needs to be, eh. Yeah. I mean, they, right. they, what the, how good this defense is, this is the perfect defense for Kirk Cousins because yeah. Kirk Cousins just has to be, eh. right. Don't make mistakes. And you're, yeah. you're going to win 10 right. games. Yeah. Too talented, right. yeah. So he didn't make mistakes today. The one turnover, again, went off the head of Stefan Diggs. Um, and so Kirk just not making mistakes and taking advantage and hitting the throws when he, when he, when he needs to, uh, the team's winning games and big ups to the defense. And by the way, mentioning penalties, uh, they had 12 penalties and a hundred plus yards last week against the giants and it was a lopsided win. So you get out alive. Penalties are awful. They're like second or third in the NFL in total penalties coming into this weekend. They only had four today. Yeah. So that's a massive, that's a massive win. Congratulations to the team for being at least much, you know, a bit more disciplined today and uh, keeping the flags in the pockets of the Zebras. When we go to Detroit next week, this team does really well against Detroit, correct? They normally uh, Mike Zimmer does well against them, right? No, nah, I don't mean that. That have they, they Dalvin well, Cook here when he hurt his leg, they lost both well, games. We, I think I feel well, and we haven't. They haven't. Sorry, let me start over. Yes, we haven't beat them at U.S. Bank Stadium, right? Is that? Correct. That sounds correct. I think we. I think we talked about. I that. mean, what is that? Two two games. Yeah, no, we, we beat three. We beat them here last year. Did we? Yes, we did. That was the ten sack game on Matthew Stafford. Oh, okay. It was like yeah. twenty four to Great nine point. or something Great like point. that. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Dalvin we Cook that. went loose for seventy, and yeah. somehow inexplicably was caught from behind. Yeah. yeah, ten sacks. We set a team record that day. Oh, okay. Three yeah, and a half right. by Daniel had a defensive you know touchdown. Um, but this, I mean, Detroit's not good, are they? They coughed up that they lead. They might be. They coughed up that lead to Kansas City. They they get to play Green Bay tomorrow night. We'll see how they, they play. Green Bay seems to play every game at home. But we'll see how they play tomorrow. But I, they're not a team where we're going to go, oh, no. And as Power Trip Betts tweeted earlier, it's as of right now, before they play tomorrow, the Viking, it's, an, it's, an, it's a pick em in Las Vegas. You should automatically be a three-point lead or three-point favorite at home, and it's a pick'em. Well, I, I don't, I don't know much. I, I know this. I know that they absolutely they were up twenty-four-seven or something like that in in Arizona opening weekend, and they end up tying in overtime 
against the Cliff Kingsbury offense that five weeks later they're just starting to figure things out. And then they cough up that lead, as you mentioned, to your quote, uh, against Kansas City at home. This is also a team that went on the road and beat Philadelphia. So yeah, they, that's a, but we just smoked Philly. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. But at Lincoln Financial, a yeah, little bit of a different story. Yeah, you know, a lot and of weirdos. They, but they needed a, I think it was Agnew. Um, that, Spiro T? Yeah, it was Spiro Agnew with the 100-yard kickoff return. Um, he was a politician. Okay. May have been a VP. I thought he was a president. Your dad has a T-shirt with his face on it. Of course, I'm no, sure No, Spiro does. Agnew is not an, an American president. Oh, okay. Thanks, but, History uh, 101. But they, they needed a kick return. There, yeah. was, there was some kind of bits and yeah, pieces. Yeah, some weird things, yeah. And, and so they, and and they've think, yeah, taken right. advantage of those. So they're a legitimate 2-1-1 one, one team. They're, they're very much a just-above-500 operation. Uh, defensively, they get to the quarterback, though. So uh, Patricia has his team moving in the right direction. I'm not, I'm not discounting them, but it's a team that... I feel that the Vikings are more talented then, so they should win, whether or not they do, uh, given how we've watched this franchise for so many years, how that much actually plays into the final result. But um, get this run game moving again. You can run on the Lions. Yeah. So let's get let's get Dalvin Cook. Let's get Madison going, minus a stupid fumble near the goal line. Let's, let's get the running game going. Man, how about this NFC East? The Cowboys lose today 26-24. They're 3-3. Three and three. Philly lost, obviously, today 38-20 to the Vikings. They're three and three. The New York Giants two and four, and Washington is one and five. What an awful division! Yeah, it could be hideous, right? Yeah, that's a hideous division. And especially, I mean, again, whether it's Sam Darnold or not, if the Cowboys have aspirations, and the Cowboys with this offense and everything's working, and Amari Cooper's a playmaker, and they have Zeke happy and healthy, the O line's good. You don't lose to the Jets. Yeah, I mean that's just bad for business. And I know the defense is getting better. In Sam's first game back, you can't figure out how to make his day hell and get out alive yeah. with a victory. That's terrible. Yes. So they've lost a couple of really bad games here in the last few weeks. So what do we think looking forward for this team? Obviously, Dallas lost today and Kansas City lost today. Super Bowl. We still have, I mean, <laughs> I know what you think, but we still have to play those games in Sunday night in, in, I would assume, cold weather in Kansas City, you know, early, early November, the first weekend in November. Still a tough game. Going to Dallas, tough game. But that doesn't look like we're going, all right, those are two losses. You know, we'll get over that. But they're winnable games, man. Yeah. All, the rest of the games on this schedule for this team, maybe minus Seattle because Seattle's just that good, are winnable games. Two weeks ago, uh, the sky was falling and everything was, those games were, were losses. I mean, yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't put it any other way. After today, after last week, this team can go out and beat any team in the NFL. Uh, flat out. I mean, they, they have the ability to do it. It's just a matter of whether or not they will. No, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm trying to get my beach body back, so I'm ready for South Beach yeah. in February. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned it. I mean, the, the perception of these teams six weeks ago, markedly different. And so they should be and need to be six and two when they go to Arrowhead. Quickly, AJ, what can we find on KFN.com? Everything from the game today, uh, all the audio that we had here on KFN, the video press conferences, photos, articles, everything you need to cover today's game. Nordo, you're working on your beach body. I'm working on my beached whale body. We'll be back next Sunday when the Vikings take on the Lions pregame at 10. Keep it here tomorrow. Power trip will have Ben Lieber, PA as PJ Fleck. It'll be a great show tomorrow. And then, of course, the Wild play at noon. And then Barrero will have you covered with all his Vikings talking points. Don't leave the fan. It's the greatest radio station of all time. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to AJ. Thanks to Nordo. I am Meat Sauce, Paul Lambert, and Bye.
Hey, it's hockey. You know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but let's face it, home buyers, they look at the highlights. This is NFL Sunday on Westwood One. Coming up on NFL Sunday, guess who's back in KC? Is it enough to produce a win? Mahomes, he may get a free play here. Houston jumping offside, and Mahomes will gun it long. Trying to get a free play, and the pass is up for grabs, and it is caught inside the five, near the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! Welcome back the Cheetah! Not only can he run, he will track the football like no other! And they went their separate ways, they settled their issues, and suddenly, the Vikings have a guy doing a hell of a Randy Moss impression. Cousins boots out to the left, he wants more, deep digs, inside the five, Paul Allen on KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings Radio Network. Mitch Holt is 101 The Fox and the Chiefs Radio Network. I'm Scott Graham. Those stories and more as Westwood One Sports runs down all the scores and highlights from Week 6 in the National Football League. This is NFL Sunday. And we start with a look at the late games, which are all a final right now. The Arizona Cardinals knock off the Atlanta Falcons 34-33. to about the San Francisco 49ers? They remain unbeaten. They walk into L.A. and walk out with a win over the Rams, 20-7. to Denver Broncos make it back-to-back as they pitch a shutout the Tennessee Titans, 16 to nothing, And the New York Jets knock off the Dallas Cowboys to get off the schneid, 24-22. to The final at the Meadowlands today. We'll have updates on all of those games, all the details, and everything that happened in the early games coming up as well. But later on most of these same stations, it's Sunday Night Football, the Steelers and Chargers. For a preview of tonight's matchup, we'll head out to L.A. and welcome in the two announcers calling the action, Kevin Kugler and Hall of Famer Rod Woodson. Guys? Scott, thank you very much. You know, when they put this game on the schedule at the beginning of the year, it was supposed to be a battle of two of the old guard quarterbacks that were making one last run, perhaps, or getting close to that one last run, Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Phillip Rivers of the Los Angeles Chargers. Well... That's not exactly how this has worked out with Ben Roethlisberger going down early in the season. The Steelers are 1-4, and four, the Chargers are 2-3, and three, and Phillip Rivers is still out there coming off one of the worst games he's had in the National Football League in the last five years. And as I guess no one predicted, the rookie from Samford, Devlin Duck Hodges, gets the nod tonight. Rod Woodson, what do we make of Devlin Hodges, the all-time career FCS passing yards leader? The one thing that, talking to the guys on the field today, is that they believe in him. Sanford, you got to understand, when he went to play Florida State, he threw for almost 500 yards. Nobody has done that since Deshaun Watson in 2016. And I'm not saying he's Deshaun Watson, but I'm saying he can play, he, he believes in himself, and they don't believe this game is too big for him. They believe that he's going he's to be poised on the field. He's going to get him in the right plays, and he's going to get him in the right protection. How much does he need James Conner to rediscover the run game to be successful tonight? This is a running back who, of course, had the breakout year last year when Le'Veon Bell was not playing, but he hasn't topped 55 yards rushing in any game this year. Yeah, in, in total, I, 